Thank you so much, VetTix. Our family has gone through a lot the last few years, and this gave us a nice break. Every empty seat at a concert game or a special event is a missed opportunity to say thank you to a veteran. Give your extra tickets to VetTix. Give something to those who gave. For more information on how you can make a difference, go to VetTix.org. Hey, who wants gum? I do. Thanks. Don't thank me. Think Native Americans. Native Americans gave me chewing gum? I didn't know that. Yeah. They also gave you parkas and canoes and snow goggles what? and adobes and chaps and electroplating. Really? So many things. Lacrosse, hammocks, baby bottles, rubber, the compass, camouflage, aspirin. Aspirin? I didn't know that either. Yep. And kayaks, yams, maple syrup, suspension bridges, umbrellas, vanilla, freeze-drying, harpoons, really? peppers, avocados. More at sacredpeople.org. This is WGBB AM 1240 and W240-DF-FM 95.9 Freeport, New York. The views expressed in the following program do not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB. Live from the WGBB studios in Merrick, New York, this is Sports Talk New York. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Sports Talk New York right here on 1240 AM WGBB 95.9. On your FM dial, Mike Trezor on hand with Micah Dome for the next hour. We've got you covered in the world of New York sports. Mets, Yankees, Giants, Jets. We'll dig into all of it tonight. We want your phone calls. Our phone line is going to stay open the whole hour, 516-623-1240, 516-623-1240. That is the number to get in the batter's box and take a couple cuts with us tonight. We've got a great show for you. Before we get to any of it, let me say hi to my co-host and partner, the coach, Mike Adone. Trez, wonderful to be here as always. You know, we were talking about four when we came in about Yankees, Mets, uh, but you have Giants, Jets today playing the all-important, as I say that in jest, uh, preseason game. But you get to learn a couple of things about where they're at. Uh, a couple of key injuries hopefully are avoided by both teams. Uh, but you got a Sunday here where you're talking Mets and Yankees in the thick of pennant races and Giants-Jets on the cusp of beginning their seasons. Yeah, so where do you want to start, Mike? You want to start Mets? Uh, listen, uh, i got a lot to say, uh, both both. Mostly positive, but a little bit of, a little down today. But yeah, let's go, let's go Mets. Absolutely. One nothing loss today against Colorado. Took two out of three in the series from Colorado. So, uh, generally good job by the Mets. Um, Scherzer only gives up a run, uh, takes the loss for the Mets. What were your takeaways from this game today? You know, this is one of those games again. It kind of seems like it's, it, it's back to the future with the Mets here. Uh, three hits, three singles. They got their ace, Max Scherzer, one A ace on the mound today. You got to get this game. I, I mean, I I don't want to push the panic button and you know again, but when you have the the Atlanta Braves as hot on their tail as possible, these are must win games. So yesterday at City Field, a wonderful day, uh, old times day hadn't happened since I think 1994. Wow. Yeah, long, long, been that long since that. Yep. Which no one could really say why, other than perhaps it was. Uh, the purse strings of the former owners, but they, uh, yeah, they brought brought everybody back. Great day, big winning Willie Mays, including Willie, yeah, they, which uh, which is a whole other story. Was you know, listen, Willie Mays uh, only played a very very short time, of course, for the New York Mets. Um, finished you know in the World Series. Apparently, the first owner of the Mets, Mrs. Joan Payson, promised him that they would retire his number twenty four, and we're going way way back. And why it was never done, who the heck knows, but um, we're in this new era now with the New York Mets and feeling good. And and you know what? You get to the game today and you go, oh, man, this just has a ring to it that sounds all too familiar of what's gone on in the past. And you go, let's not, again, like I said before, I don't want to push the panic button, but you, with Max Scherzer on the mound, you got to get this game. You just can't lose it to the, to the 55 and 74 Colorado Rockies. I mean, it's it just, just awful. And especially when Scherzer last 
lost his last outing, and that one being at Yankee Stadium. He struggled in that game. You know, it, we we also thought maybe there was a little issue with with him and James McCann behind the plate, but he gutted it out. Uh, the Mets just couldn't get their bats going. Uh, again, this is two games in a row now where um, it's got to be a little bit in his mind. He's a gamer. You know, he 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 will come out and give a, a thousand percent. Is generally saying the right things, but he's a human being. You know, one run through seven innings. Um, against against the, the Rockies and, and a pitcher coming in who was five, yeah, five and ten. The Colorado starter, five wins, ten losses. So we used to buy candy at the five and ten. <laughs> exactly, five point six nine ERA, and you can't get it done to sweep the series. Uh, you know, if if the Braves weren't playing so well, I wouldn't be so upset tonight. But but I'm I'm a little ticked at this one. So. Um, the other game against the Yanks, Mike, just to get back to it, was the game with Taiwan Walker. And I have a little theory here, and I want to see if you agree, because I'm obviously not a Met fan. I'm a Yankee fan. Uh, but I, I want to see if you agree with this. I almost feel like Taiwan Walker is hurt and doesn't want to tell Buck about it and doesn't want to tell management about it because if you look at the Met rotation right now, right, of course you have Scherzer and DeGrom. They're not going anywhere. But then you also have Bassett, you have Carrasco. And so if and when, I'm going to make the assumption you guys do get in the in the postseason. You hear that? That's me knocking on wood. <laughs> um, who is the odd man out? Is Taiwan worried about his spot? And if so, should he be worried? I'd say yes and yes. Now, to go back to your first question, is he hurt and trying to hide it? He's doing a bad job of hiding it because you can just see his delivery is pained. That last game, he just didn't look himself. Started out really strong and then kind of you know went off the cliff there a little bit. Um, so is he pitching through pain? I, I would think so. Is he doing it because he's probably worried that maybe his spot in the rotation come October is going to be a little tenuous? I would think so as well. Everything you hear points to Bassett or perhaps Carrasco, you know, who, again, he's had trouble staying healthy as well. They all have. But um, Bassett seems to be the one, the workhorse, lots of innings, um, will will fight through. Seems a little bit more that, that Walker might be a bullpen candidate. Um you know he, he's he's up next to pitch pretty soon. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens with that. You know he's going against the against the Dodgers coming up here uh, in the next day or two. So that's going to be another challenge. Um, if he has a short outing on, on, against the Dodgers, Mike, I will not be surprised at all if he ends up on the IL for a ten day stint. It, it, extremely possible, if not probable. Uh, it, it, he just did not look like himself. Uh, but credit where credit is due. I'm always on all these guys, especially today's athlete. You gotta pitch through the, through the hurts. And there's a difference again, as we always say, between being injured and being hurt. Is he nicked up? Possibly. Is he hurt? If he was really hurt, I don't think they'd let him take them out, but I think he's going out there and gonna to try to gut it out because he sees the guys in front of him are not letting up. Now, as you and I talked about on the last show, the Mets made some improvements at the trading deadline. Um, they fortified their bullpen a little bit. Is the bullpen where you feel it needs to be, Mike? Not even close, unfortunately. Um, you know, they, they, they looked at getting guys back to fill spots, I think, um, rather than, you know, Drew Smith is, it was throwing off the mound today. He's somebody who's going to come in and give you some innings later on. Uh, so I, I think they were looking more towards that. Um, could they have been more aggressive? I think so. Again, it's revisionist history. How upset can you be right now in first place as we're getting to the end of August? But they could have done something a little bit more to solidify. When you have Diaz, who, who is really arguably the best closer in baseball right now, doing his thing, good. Um, you know, where do you go from there? Uh, Seth Lugo, to his credit, has improved. Yeah. Now that's not saying much because he was god awful, but he is starting to throw the ball really well. And it seems like it seems to me like Adavino has sort of grabbed that setup man role. Are you comfortable with that? Uh, I'm comfortable until he blows one. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it, 
he, you know a lot about Adovino. <laughs> I do, <laughs> and, more than I want to. Would you feel comfortable with him in, in the role um, on your team? Honestly, you know, I, I was I was kind of glad when they got rid of him. I was kind of ticked off. He went to he went to Boston and yeah. then the Mets. I mean, if you you want to tick off a former uh, a Yankee fan as a former Yankee, go to Boston then go to the Mets. Exactly. Yeah. Well, listen, beggars can't be choosers, as we know here in in New York right now, especially with our New York Mets. Um, would I like another left-hander? Uh, absolutely. Uh, but that's, you know, that's just not in the cards right now. So I'm guessing they're hoping their starting pitching is going to at least take them through six to seven innings come playoff time. A lot to ask. Uh, but if he, if, if Lugo continues to pitch like he does and you get to the trumpet guy Diaz coming in, um, exciting moment. Uh, I went to a game two weeks ago and I got to tell you, when he, when he came in, it was against the Phillies. Uh, the place was on fire, electric. So he, he he's got everybody going. Yeah, the back of that bullpen is really, really good. It's the middle. It is, um, listen, it's a great rotation, but sometimes guys are going to blow up in the early innings and you need somebody to just hold the fort where it is. And that's where I think the Met pen might be just a little bit leaky at this point in time. But, you know, you mentioned the Braves, Mike. Um, when the Mets welcomed in the Braves, took four out of five, I thought, that this race was over. But to the Braves, to their credit, they went on a run of, I believe it was 14 and 2 in the next 16 games. And you look over your shoulder and there they are right there breathing down your neck three games behind. It's unbelievable. I mean, they, they just refuse to go anyplace. And they're, tonight they're, they're on, on schedule to play the Cardinals. Weather permitting out in St. Louis, they were, they were having some nasty storms as I came in. Um, you know, would I like to see them maybe have that game rained out, uh, so they can't pick up a, another game today? It's possible because they're just playing so well. But there is, there's no die in that team. It, it, it really is. We were hoping the same thing as Met fans. We took four out of five, take a little steam, little starch out of them. It seemed to rile them up. And then they welcome the Mets in, take care of business against them. Um, you know, you were talking about uh, about the Met pen. You know, they brought the one move they did bring in was was Michael Givens, who they not not Bivens, Belvedere Givens, Michael Givens, number sixty from from the uh, Chicago Cubs, and he's been nothing short of dreadful. So uh, when you when you want a little bit more, yeah. Um, and Carrasco, you know, he's currently on the on the DL, so maybe yet another reason why. Uh, Walker is, is trying to push himself a little bit deeper until uh, Cookie Carrasco gets back off the DL. Givens was the one who gave up those couple runs against uh, Colorado. I think it was Friday night that the Mets had to come back to and come win back. that game uh, with Pete. Uh, we want your phone calls tonight, folks, 516-623-1240. The lines are open, so give us a call on Mets, Yanks, Jets, Giants, whatever you want, it's all on the table tonight. Uh, but, Mike, you are the Mets GM. You're in the playoffs. The playoffs start tomorrow. Okay. What is your rotation for the first round? Oh, interesting. <laughs> do you start off with Scherzer or do you start off with DeGrom? You tell well, me. That, that's the, a, the that's the an GM. embarrassment of riches. Let me see. Have I cashed my GM check? All right. <laughs> I'm looking at my bank account. I'm going. All right. I'm feeling good about things. Uh, I'm going with uh, Max Scherzer. I'm going to go. I'm going to start off with him. Then Degrom. And then I'll, you know what? I mean, if the, if it started today, my third starter is is Bassett. Is going to be Bassett. Now, if it's if Carrasco's healthy, maybe I go that route as well. But I just feel comfortable with those with those three. Could you start Degrom game one? Possible. Um, you know, his by the time we get to October, maybe his arm strength is exactly where you want it to be. Um, but I would think, uh, you know, coming off Scherzer, even a bad outing for him is, you know, three runs, seven hits. Um, DeGrom, you know, is yet to prove himself over the long run. He's had five great starts, but he has been, he's been iffy. So if you start him game one and he's got an issue, you know, momentum swings really, really big. Yeah, so, you know, you go back to this previous offseason, Mets made a couple moves we discussed at the time. One was to bring in Mark Hanna. Uh, you know, I, I don't think you or, or Chris Caputo were especially excited. You were kind of tempered in your enthusiasm. But, I mean, you got to say, Mike, Canna has done nothing but, especially lately, come up with big hit after big hit. And also, Starling Marte has been... Absolutely terrific. He's inching closer every day towards 300, now at 292. 
He, he's been better than advertised, really. I mean, I thought he'd come in and be solid. Um, he, he's day in and day out. He just goes out and performs. Canada, it, it, that's a, that's a great point. You know, uh, the game in Philadelphia last weekend where he had both home runs in the 10-9 victory to get them, that was one of the, one of the best comebacks and one of the most emotional Met games that I've seen in a very, very long time. And when every game, is dependent on, on a win to keep the Braves off your back. They, they get bigger and bigger, and that one was huge. So he he showed himself to be, uh, you know, a, a little bit more than we all thought. Daniel Vogelback, who's another guy, he comes in as a left-handed bat. He's been a nice addition to the Mets as well. So you bring those two guys, and with Marte, um, who has been, uh, like I said before, doesn't miss a day, plays a solid outfield. And, and hits the, hits the cover off the ball. He's not a huge power hitter, but he's not an easy out. He, he is someone that fills that lineup. This is this is not again not your, not your 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 dad or your granddad Mets. And I got to keep that in mind when I watch a game like today, and I get so frustrated. Well, you mentioned Vogelback, and I was gonna I was gonna bring him up with you and, and, and give you a little bit of a hard time. Don't make fun. Don't Only make fun because. No, if you're no, going to no. say about the, the pregame buffet or something. <laughs> He's a big, he's a big fella. He is, but you know, here's the thing, Mike. Six foot two seventy. He's listed at six foot and two seventy. That's he's listed at two seventy. Okay, so that means he's really close to three, if not three. Well, listen, in college, you, I was listed at five eleven. So you listen, know that'll tell you. I get it. You're a coach. You want players to be in shape, but you you made fun of James Harden <laughs> merci- mercilessly well, when he was out of shape. Correct. You, you gave it to Robinson Cano when he came to camp this year. Correct. Out of shape. So I want to know from you right now, Mike. I have the answer. What do you have to say about Daniel Vogelback? Daniel Vogelback has never been in shape. <laughs> He's in shape. So that makes He's it in, okay. <laughs> exactly. He's in Daniel Vogelback shape. No, uh, I, I know. It's, it, he is not your, uh, your atypical, uh, or he is your atypical baseball player. Um, if, if you watched, if you watched Pete Alonso stumble around the bases the other night. Yeah, what was going on? He, with that? he makes Vogelback look like Carl Lewis running out there. Uh, I mean, that Yankee game, Mike. Yeah, I, I, I was, I was going to say, <laughs> you know, what was Pete drunk during I, the game? I, I, I mean, between, um, stumbling around third. Now, lucky for him, Glaber Torres had the brain lock and he ended up scoring. But yes. as he's coming down the line, he almost stumbled again. And then that play, uh, down the first base line, he looked like an elephant on roller skates. I was like, Pete, come back to me, dude. Like, what's going on? Well, he, he'd been struggling. Did you see he snapped the bat over his leg? Yeah. yeah that, oh, yeah. That was a big deal, you know, because you don't see that very often. He was, he was in the midst of a bad slump. And I think that was really affecting his overall, Demeanor and probably, you know, his defense is, is not stellar to begin with, but, um, he, he just looks kind of out of it. And when he's not doing well, that's, that's the only thing I worry. Like he's, you know, he, he's over 30 home runs. He's, he's number two in RBIs. Um, but 105 ribbies. Yeah. So could he get in a prolonged slump? Boy, I hope not. And I hope it's not, you know, late in the season. Yeah. He's, um, you know, he's still up at, uh, over 270. So that's good news, but, uh, he's been in a little bit of a home run drought lately. Um, listen, uh, Can has been great. Uh, Escobar, uh, 12 homers, but only hitting 214. Um, you know, the guy, Mike, and we've mentioned him before, who's been a terrible bust and a waste of time is McCann. I mean, I cannot believe you guys are going to be stuck with that guy for another year or two. He's been horrible. I mean, he's been the Mets' Joey Gallo. He has been. And when he finally started to hit the ball a little bit, he got hurt again. So it's, you know... <laughs> We, we, we think about, uh, what could have been with Jay, Jay, uh, Real Muto from, from the Phillies. When, when he was in last weekend when we were at the games, he was the Philly boot the most because that just goes to show that the Met fans really wanted him. And when he spurned the Mets to go to the Phillies, what was the next best option at the time? It was James McCann. Yeah. And he, he is really, he has been a big time bust. If he would even just stay on the field. And, and not get hurt so much. You go, well, all right, you know, guy's giving you something, consistency, at least being on the field. He's not even giving us that. Um, yeah. And you look at the guy, I mean, he looks like Mr. America. I mean, it's the it, classic, you know, looks like Tarzan, plays like Jane kind of situation, you know? And then we have Tomas Nito. Right. The, all right. Now, this is a backup catcher, Tomas Nito. Of course. But he's on a hot, he gets going, right? And what happens to him? The COVID list. 
The guy goes on the COVID list. So we catching, yeah, that that is definitely the Achilles heel of the Mets. We can talk about the bullpen all day, but catcher, you hit on that big time. All right, folks, we want your calls tonight, 516-623-1240. The phone lines are open, so drop a dime on us right now. We're going to transition over to the Yanks. All right, now I get to ask the questions. <laughs> Stanton returns, Mike. Has a couple big hits on that season, on the uh, series opener against Oakland. And so now you think, hey, the Yanks have flipped the switch. You know, they had that Sunday night win against, uh, see, uh, Seattle. No, no, I'm sorry. Against Toronto. Yep. They took two in a row at home against the Mets. Uh, and, and you figured, all right, now we're back in business here. And then, and now they go lose two in a row in Oakland. So. We, we were talking about it before, Mike, when we came in about this stat that they generally don't play well in Oakland as it is. Not an excuse, but just an interesting thing because you were saying the team, Oakland is so bad, kind of like we're looking oh. at, yeah, like the Rockies with the Mets. So where do you turn here, Mike? Where does everybody go when things are going bad? Who's the first person? Aaron Boone, of course. Aaron Boone taking hit after hit. Now, he's got this team in first place, but during that streak, anything you see he could have done? Or was it just, listen, he's doing the best he can with what he's got? You know, here's the thing. Um, I heard a lot of the fire Aaron Boone thing, and I heard a lot of the um, fans chanting on that, that game that, by the way, the Yanks ended up winning on that Sunday night Yes. Um, with the Donaldson uh, homer. He brought in Chapman. Chapman, as we now know, is hurt. He gave up three runs. And the whole ballpark started chanting on a Sunday night, fire, boom, fire, boom. Okay? So, I mean, here, here's the ridiculous part to me, Mike. Um, the Yankees season didn't go, didn't hit like a little speed bump. I mean, for five, six weeks, they couldn't do anything right. This wasn't like a little slump, oh, you went three and seven, oh, you went two and eight. No, no, no. For five, six weeks, they weren't scoring at all. What did people want Aaron Boone to do? You know, and, and this ridiculous narrative that's out there, I really have to hammer it down about, um, well, you know, the, the, the Yanks could have had Buck Showalter as them. <laughs> now, let me ask you, Mike. Come on. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to bust your chops. Bust, bust away. After last year. Yes. So, what is Buck Walter all about? He's about attention to detail, professionalism, maturity, things along those lines. After last season, which team needed that? Which team in New York needed that more, the Yankees or the Mets? Of, of absolutely the Mets. Yeah. I mean, well, it, it, to say to say they should have brought that's 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 a very misinformed opinion. Uh, uh, and I can't. I listen. We, as a Met fan, we're always the, the little brother to the Yankees. We, I get that. Although we could maybe start to talk a little bit about a little bit of a change in the guard, but it's, it's always going to be a Yankee town. But to say that the Yankees should have brought in a, a, a retreadish Buck Showalter instead of Aaron Boone, I mean, come on, that's that that again, that's that's insanity. And 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 I get it. You know, when Buck was the Yankee manager. He was a young man. Absolutely. He was a young man. He was in his 30s. Nobody knew anything saying. about him. Right. And, and so he's matured. He's grown into his job. And if he's not the best manager in baseball right now, Mike, then I will say he's definitely in the top two or three. I mean, I can't name three guys better than he is. But I just don't feel like the Yanks needed Buck Walter as their manager. I still don't feel like they need him. Uh, Aaron Boone... Um, when Stanton went out of that lineup, all of a sudden, everybody stopped hitting. And if you look at it, uh, you look at the regulars in their lineup, right? Other than Aaron Judge, the only guy that's a regular that has a, an average above 260, 270 is Isaiah Kainer-Falefa. <laughs> I mean, who's a very light-hitting shortstop, but, you know, I'll take his 270 any day. Yeah, you're you're being kind when you say light hitting short, but you're right. I mean, it's yeah. So that is that the manager's fault. Uh, listen, George Steinbrenner. If George Steinbrenner, this is the the big thing too. Somebody said to me the other day. You know, listen. If George Steinbrenner was alive right now, Aaron uh. Boone would be out on the curb, and the Yankees would be on notice. I said, you know what? 
if if my if my aunt I'm not even going to go. There's an old joke, but I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, this is 2022, folks. George Steinbrenner, while he was a wonderful man as a as an owner, is not coming back out of the grave, and his son is not him, and. It's a different time where you don't do things like that and make moves. You're not going to to shake up professional baseball players by getting rid of their manager anymore. No. It's not not when you're in first place and and you you had an eight game lead even when you're swooning. So the a whole line of questioning that that to me made no sense. Now have I have I seen a couple things in the last few days that I would quibble with? I thought in the game against the Mets. He stayed much too long with Clark Schmidt in relief. And there's Wandy Peralta out in the bullpen, and he's warming up, and then he's sitting down. And then he's warming up again, and finally you saw him. I don't know if you saw it, Mike. I did. He, he kind of threw his hands up yeah. like this, like, hey, Aaron, are you going to bring me in the game or are you not? <laughs> and if you're not, then leave me alone. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go get a sandwich or something. So finally he brings uh, – and, and I thought that the move, I thought the move he should have made – was I thought he should have brought in Wandy for um, Nimmo. That was that was when I wanted Wandy sure. in that game, and uh, I thought that he. Um, I just thought he's he's um, stayed a little bit too long with with Clark Schmidt last night. I thought he stayed a little bit too long with uh, Ron Marinaccio, who's been really good all year, Mike. If Ralph Marinaccio, the, the karate kid. <laughs> um, if you look at. Um, the guy with the lowest whip on the team, it's Ron Marinaccio. And, and out of the relievers, the only one that's been on the team all year long, not hurt, not sent down to the minors, is Wandy Peralta. So what was he doing with Clark Schmidt trying to force Clark to finish that game? It's a great question. Sometimes it, I'm always amazed also by you hear later on after games, oh, uh, a certain guy wasn't available tonight. What does that mean he wasn't available? Come on. Come on. All hands on deck now, folks. Let's go to the phones and welcome in a caller. Let's go to Ray. Ray, how are you? Hey, guys. Congratulations. I just wanted to check in and say congratulations on this new format. Uh, you know, I'm really excited for you guys and love you both. And, uh, I mean, what a great year for New York sports, right? I mean, this is like magical between the Yankees and the Mets and Fingers crossed with the Giants and the Jets and see what happens. But this is like the perfect timing for you guys and just want to say congratulations. What did you think of that Met game today, Ray? Oh, you know, Scherzer's amazing. I mean, you know, Mike, he's my favorite guy, as you know. And, uh, DeGrom is DeGrom and he's a, he's a, you know, he's, he's a, a system guy. You know, he's come up the system and so forth. But I think that getting Scherzer was a game changer. And, uh, it's tough to see him lose a game like that, you know, one nothing, but, uh, I think that he's just in it for the ultimate prize. And I think if we can deliver to him, uh, you know, a World Series, I think that, uh, some of these tough losses will be, uh, watered by the, you know, whatever, water under the bridge. But, uh, tough to, tough to see him lose. I mean, one nothing, the guy deserves to get a win tonight, that's for sure. Ray, with, with what's going on now in New York sports, you know, we appreciate again you calling and checking in with us on, uh, Sports Talk New York here. With Yankees Mets, where they are in the beginning of the football season, what, what to you is the most exciting thing you're looking towards as we get into the fall here? Well, you know, there's a, there's a certain magical time, Mike, you know, in New York sports, and this is it, you know, this, this late August, everyone's got to kind of looking to turn the page to the fall. Uh, you know, we're all sad to see summer go, but New York this time of year, it's really, I, I think it rivals Christmas as being the most powerful time of the year. Um, you know, of course we have the upcoming, um, you know, horrible anniversary of September 11th, but it always seems like, you know, we put everything together and we look forward to, to just this, this fall time and sports is a distraction for all of us, but, you know, hope springs eternal and Giants and Jets are 0-0. Um, pretty short order. They're probably going to lose a few games, both of them. And, you know, but just the anticipation, Mike, I think that's the answer. The anticipation of football season combined with having both teams playing meaningful games in September and looking forward towards the postseason. I mean, they didn't say anything on the radio or TV about it yesterday, but, you know, the Mets are guaranteed to have a winning record. And, you know, we, we, that's a foregone conclusion for the last few months, really. But the truth is, is that nothing is foregone conclusion with the Mets. So let's celebrate a great season and let's, let's look forward 
that anticipation and being very, very excited throughout September that we're actually going to make it into the postseason. That's well said, Ray. And I'll, I'll tell you, if you wanted to see Mike Trezza get upset, you would have seen him when I suggested we talk about the U.S. Open tennis here in, in August. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, late August. Yeah, that, well, you know, that, a tennis guy like myself, yeah. that's what I'm thinking. No, it, it's on my list. We're going to get to it. <laughs> you want to talk I, about I, Daniel Medvedev? I was Medvedev? afraid to mention that, Mike Cadone. I was afraid to mention that. I know you're a tennis guy, and I, I'm a tennis guy, too. And, you know, listen, Serena... You know, I don't want to hug up the time, but Serena, you know, I haven't always loved her, but, you know, here's, here's to an awesome career. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I hope she makes it through to some of the later rounds, you know, but if, if, uh, if everything tracks according to what it looks like, it looks like, you know, it's going to be pretty soon. Um, just the way she's been playing this past summer hasn't been the best time mm-hmm. for her, but, you know, here's to an awesome career. And, and yeah, I mean, look, from, from a New York standpoint, you can't ignore, Trez, you can't ignore the impact of, of the U.S. Open. It brings in more money than baseball. I don't know how it's possible, but it still brings in more money than, than both teams combined. I don't, I really don't figure out the math on that. I've never been able to figure out the math, but it's a great New York event, if nothing else, even if you're not a tennis guy. Hey, Ray, thank you so much for the call and for the kind words. We're up against a break. Thanks, Ray. Yep. We'll talk you to you soon. Thank you. All right, take care. All right, okay. we're going to step away and be back with more right after this on Sports Talk New York. Listening to Sports Talk New York. Tune in every Sunday night at 8 p.m. on Long Island's WGBB. Broadcasting on 95.9 FM and 1240 AM. Or listen live online at WGBBradio.com. Country Foot Care, official podiatrists of the New York Lizards, have been delivering state-of-the-art foot care with good old-fashioned caring to Long Island residents for over 30 years. Specialists in sports medicine and foot injuries, Country Foot Care can be reached at 516-741-FEET or online at countryfootcare.com. Stay connected to Sports Talk New York on WGBB by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WGBB Sports Talk. Unflippable, unflappable, unleakable. The Gustbuster is the only umbrella that won't flip inside out, rip, tear, or leak. Capable of withstanding winds over 55 miles per hour. All of our umbrellas are constructed of the finest quality materials and backed by a limited lifetime guarantee. What are you waiting for? Visit Gustbuster.com and get your Gustbuster today. You're listening to Sports Talk New York on Long Island's WGBB. And now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to Sports Talk New York. Mike Trezor, Mike Gadome with you for the next half hour until 9 o'clock tonight here on this August Sunday night, August 28, 2022. Brian Graves behind the glass helping us out tonight. We were talking some Yankees uh, before we took a call, Mike, and... Um, you know, I, I just think um, the rotation is something that um, very similar to what we said with the Mets. It's kind of a work in progress right now. Absolutely. You brought up the question before to me with the Mets in first-round series, who are you pitching, what order. What are you thinking about with the Yankees? Because you have, you have a lot of names, you know, that you can choose. Obviously, Garrett Cole, Jameson Tyon, Montas, who... It looks like he turned it around, at least he did against the Mets the other night. He looked fantastic, Frankie Montas. Um, Nestor Cortez, who's on the IL right now. Luis Severino, who's possible to come back. Uh, Her- Domingo Herman, fantastic job the other night. Clark Schmidt, who are you going with? Who's going to the pen? And who's maybe the odd man or odd men out in that scenario? Yeah, what was really strange about last night's game, Mike, was that Herman gave you such a great performance and it got totally lost. He and the guy, um, for Oakland, uh, both gave you like eight innings Tremendous game. of like one hit, two hit ball. And then all these relievers came in and then all of a sudden it became like, um, 
you know, here, here are both catchers like kicking stuff away and you know, catching this behind your back. I mean, the, the whole thing was, it was the weirdest game. And what was really strange was at 11 o'clock, the game was a 9.07 game. I looked at it at 11 o'clock. It was, um, in the ninth inning. Wow. And nobody had scored. The Yanks had one hit. Oakland had two hits. Um, and so, Herman's performance got sort of lost in the shuffle, but to answer your question, I mean, listen, obviously, you're going to start Cole as many times as you can start him. Um, Nestor, I think he's just on the IL uh, to give him a little bit of rest, but how could you not give him a postseason start, Mike? I mean, he's been really their best pitcher for two years now. Um, better than Cole in a lot of ways. Tyon has the most wins on the team. And if Herman, who nobody expected, is out there and giving you the type of performance he has the last few times out, not just last night, how are you not going to give him a start? So, you know, the same question I asked you about the Mets, <laughs> it goes back to the Yanks as well. You're probably going to start at that point if you really have that much depth. Analytics. I hate to bring up that word, but you're going to look at matchups and who's better against this. Not even, it's not even a righty lefty thing anymore. I mean, which it always used to be just who's better against righties and lefties. This, they, they get so into this things now, you know, in, in, in beginnings games, start games. I don't want to bring this up because it drives me nuts and we'll have plenty of time to discuss this once we get to October. But, you know, you get the three inning starts and then all of a sudden they're yanking guys out. The postseason has turned into a, you know, bullpen by committee. It's just, it's gross. I hope we get back to where you have these starters going deep into games. And I mean, you said before about Nestor Cortez. He has been. He has been more consistent, has been as flashy as Garrett Cole. Of course, there's now the strikeout numbers, but I mean, safe to say he's he's one he's been a one A there that you didn't expect. Yeah, and, and you know, to your point, I think the way it's going to shake out is okay. Your game one, your game two, you two guys are game three, you two guys are game four. Yeah, and, and now you got Severino coming back, Mike. If you look at it, he was ticked off at the Yankee organization for putting him on the sixty day DL. So what? Wait. You said to him, I'll see you in September. So he's going to come back and you're going to tell him, hey, you know what? Stand there and, and, and you know, hold a bag of sunflower seeds. What are you going to do with him? <laughs> well, uh, do they really, do they owe him though? I mean, uh, he has been hurt a lot, Mike, but he, he's like the tin man, that guy. I know, but the thing is, is that he can give you one of yeah, those starts. Yeah. That is five spectacular. Hit, five innings of, yeah, of one right. hit ball. Yeah. And then, you know, Aaron starts getting the itchy trigger finger. <laughs> you see him out there, get that guy one, get that guy one. <laughs> you know, so, um, it, it's going to be, you can say in a way it's a nice problem to have, but, you know, it's also going to be interesting to watch as we get a little bit closer. I'm going, I'm looking real quick here at the bullpen, you know, looking 40 man roster. I have the, I have the luxury of having my, my computer in front of me right now. Just, just look at these names. Some of the names you're going to recognize, some are, you know, 40 man roster guys, but, um, Clay Holmes, 15 day disabled list. Chapman, 15 day disabled list. Scott Efros, 15 day disabled list. Albert Abreu, 15 day disabled list. Michael King, 60 day disabled list. Miguel Castro, 60 day disabled list. Stephen Ridings, 60 day disabled list. Zach Britton, 60 day disabled list. Who? Apparently he's, he's, <laughs> speaking of the itchy finger, he's, he's due back. Chad Green. No, please, I don't, I don't, don't want, want Zach Britton. No, 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 okay, no. I, I want mean. Holmes back. If, okay. If it looks like the Holmes that you know, came out of that bullpen early in the season. I don't want Holmes back, uh, the guy that, and I don't want Britain back at all. I don't okay. even want to see Britain. So but, who's, who's closing games for you? Well, that, that's the thing, Mike. I mean, right now, nobody, yeah. nobody. And, and so, you know, um, Aaron Boone does have the luxury right now of an eight and a half game lead. And he has the luxury of being able to try out all these different young guys. I mean, um, but the problem is that, Sometimes he's staying with them too long. We saw it in the Met game with Clark Schmidt. We saw it last night with Ron Marinaccio. And both of these guys have been good. But, you know, Aaron, you got to have a better, you know, sense when these guys are starting to lose it or never had it that night and have sometimes, I think, a little bit of a quicker hook. But you're right. I mean, you know, I thought the Met announcers were fair about the fact that um, all those guys that you just mentioned have been in our bullpen at some point this season, and they've all been, you know, they've all been hurt. And the rest of the guys, the younger guys, they've all been 
back and forth between the miners and here. So um, it's going to be really interesting to answer your question about um, who is our closer, who is our setup man, who is our seventh inning man. The answer is right now, we don't know. Well, getting away from the pitching, you know you have your secret weapon coming here in September. Who is that? Harrison Bader. <laughs> That's right. Harrison Bader. Does anybody know any? Have we had a Harrison Bader sighting somewhere in the Bronx? And you know what's funny, Mike? I mean, people want to make this big, huge deal about Jordan Montgomery being 4-0 and with a .35 ERA uh, since he left the Yankees. Well, um, folks, you have to look a little bit harder behind some of those numbers. And what you see is that the first outing he faced the Yankees, which is his former team, so there's a familiarity level. And the next three times he pitched against, um, you know, National League Central teams who are essentially, I mean, can I say this? That division is garbage, Mike. It is. So, you know what? Let's see what his record looks like once everybody in the National League has seen him once and a couple times, and let's see what Bader looks like if and when he actually gets on the field. But, I mean, clearly... The guy who's the odd guy out right now is Hicks. That, that's an excellent point, though, you're saying about the first time through in the National League. Yeah. Because he, he, he's a solid pitcher. It has, you know, has a, a great arsenal. In Montas, Frankie Montas, who, who the Yankees got back from in, in, uh, in the trade with Oakland. Now, he struggled a little bit, seems to have turned it on, but he's an American League guy. So it's not like he was, there were teams that were going, uh, now the Mets, let's go to the Mets, right? Struggled against him, right? Hadn't seen him, hadn't figured him out. So he had a tremendous start. So it kind of lends itself to what you're saying. The in, the interleague unfamiliarity uh, really helped both those guys, but it, it's helping Montgomery a lot more. Five one six six two three twelve forty. Five one six six two three twelve forty. We're taking your calls from now up until nine o'clock tonight. Mike Treza, Mike Adone. So let's shift gears, Mike, and talk some football today. Giant Jet preseason game number three faced each other. Jets squeak out uh, a victory over the Giants. Any big takeaways uh, for you from that game? Well. It surprised me. I want to go to the Jets here just for a minute. And now, I think the worst kept secret is, you know, the Jets keep saying, well, uh, the opening day starter at quarterback is, has not been decided yet. I mean, really? I, I, I understand you want to be somewhat, you know, cryptic and, and try to have, uh, the Baltimore Ravens preparing for two different kinds of quarterbacks, but, but that's not going to happen. So, you, you know, Joe Flacco is going to be their, their starter. I mean, they're not bringing back uh, someone hurt, a young guy to, to start. So let's go there. So Flacco comes in, plays, plays a couple of series, shows something. He This game was kind of, uh, in some ways, the anti-preseason game because you saw a decent amount of starters. So for the Jets. Yeah, for not the Jets. Not really for the Giants. No, for the, that's why, and, and great point. That's why I want to start with the Jets. So two different things. Now, Robert Sala has been resting most of his guys to give them a couple of series and then and then be sharper. On the other hand, then you go to the Giants. The other thought, you play them earlier in preseason, sit them towards the end, do they lose anything? Lord knows. I mean, I don't know. Now you're talking three preseason games. Do you know back in the in – the, I'm going to – again, I, I heard this before. In the Vince Lombardi days, they played six preseason football. Wow. Twelve regular season and six preseason games. Can you games. imagine? Yeah, six preseason games. I mean, you can't even get four now. And and if you do get four with the, with the Hall of Fame game, you, you have no idea who's playing. But, yeah, this is this is where we're at. So um, what is it going to come down to with the Jets? Offensive line, of course. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean – just to get back, I know it's happened a couple of weeks ago now to the uh, Wilson injury. The whole thing was the, the thing was so unnecessary, Mike. It's a it's preseason game number one, mm-hmm. and you're not going to run out of bounds. Instead, you're going to turn it inside and try to get some extra yards. I mean, the whole thing was was ridiculous. And as far as Flacco, to get back to your point about Flacco, I mean, if you look at the pickoff the Giants had of him. Flacco was trying to roll out of the pocket and and throw on the move, which 
really is not his game. No, no. And so the Giants were able to turn him over. Um, you know, you got Mike White. He's in the mix. You got Streveler, who's come in late in games and, and played well. But again, you know, is he even going to be on the team? Um, he's been good late. Um, one of the big stories has been the Denzel Mims situation. Denzel Mims still unhappy, asking for a trade. However, played well today and then came up hurt at the end of the game. So what's your take on the whole Denzel Mims situation unfolding? Well, on the way in tonight, I was listening to the postgame show, the, the Jets, and, and uh, Greg Bottle and, and his his partner, who I, I, I hate to say I can't remember his name at the moment, but they were talking up Mims big time, saying that he really he had – he had a solid game and that Robert Salah is saying he's, he is one of the top seven receivers now if he's number seven. But obviously he's got a spot on the team. Um, but that, that's a talent that, that they hadn't been able to get, get the most of. Um, you know, hurt. Hopefully he's got two and a half weeks now to come back and, and get himself going. But I was pleasantly surprised, like you said, um, about, about what he showed up today. And very rarely do you see somebody who's demanding a, uh, a trade, and then they come back and have a great game. They threw him the ball, so you know what he, he and he caught the ball. And in terms of the Jets, uh, late in games, also the kid from my hometown, Jeremy Ruckert's been doing a nice job. He yes. scored a TD in the first um, in the first preseason game. Almost had another one late in the game today, so he's been coming on a little bit. Um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with the Jets. Um, let's take a call right now from Frank. Mike? Hey, Frank, how are you? Welcome, Frank. Hey, Mike and Mike. Uh, great show tonight. Um, I wish you guys all the best. I, I like what you guys are doing, you know, so uh, keep up the good work. Guys. We appreciate really. that. Hey, Thank what did you. you think of that uh, Giant Jet preseason game today, Frank? Give us your uh, takeaway on the Giant side. Well, I mean, on the Giants side, listen, they, they rested, you know, a lot of the starters, but, uh, uh, actually, this is, this is a prelude to the question I have for you, too, but with the rash of injuries, this, this Giant team, uh, incurs every year. This is actually a good audition for these guys, you know. Um, but no, you know, I, I saw a couple of play players. Um, I did see something from that middle linebacker, McFadden. You know, you know, I do like, you know, what I saw from him. Um, the second team offensive line looks like a disaster. You know, whether it was, whether it was Taylor or Webb, you know, they were under, under constant pressure, whether it be a jet blitz or whatever. But, you know, like I said, overall, you know, I, they, they moved the ball. I saw some points scored. And, um, you know, for a last preseason game, it, was, it wasn't a bad game. You know, it came down to the wire. Uh, you know, I, 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 I found it interesting, Frank, that since Davis Webb has come back to the Giants, I mean, he looks a heck of a lot better to me. I mean, he was absolutely yeah, yes, he did. terrible when yeah, he was I... here the first time. So I don't know, buff, in Buffalo, they sprinkle a little pixie <laughs> dust on you, and then all of a sudden you're good to go? How does that work? I think, yeah, well, I think too, he's also, he's very familiar with, uh, with Dable's system. You know, and, you know, I, and I think that helped. And I think when, you know, I mean, his first go around over here, you know, we had Eli Manning, who, lucky for us, really didn't get hurt that much, and I think he knew he was never going to get in the game. Frank, did you happen to see uh, the the hit on Tyrod Taylor and and uh, or? Yes, I did. Did 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 you think it's something that's going to have him out for a little while, or was it something that he shook off? Hey, look it. I mean, I know they they said it was a back, uh, but the way he, you know, the way the defender fell on him, which by the way, it was a clean hit. I I, I got no problem with the play. Um, I thought it was his shoulder because mm-hmm. if you see the way he fell, the defender fell on him. Taylor was on his right side, you know, when he went down. So yeah. I, I thought it was a shoulder injury, uh, but. Um, I've said it a hundred times. Any time that card comes out and takes you off, that is not a good sign. So he may be out for a while, I think. Yeah, Frank, thank you so much for Thanks, the call, Frank. man. All right, guys, keep up the good work. It was we, great we talking to you. you man. Thanks, Thanks again. Much. Check in with us again sometime. Yeah, so let's go to the Giants, Mike, since we sort of dipped in there already. Uh, Jones, I mean, I thought he had a really good game against Cincinnati, 14 for 16. Um, what, one of the only two incompletions was that, that one that went right through the tight end's hands. Like, where have we seen that before on the yep. Giants? <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, honestly, I think, um, everybody's making it about how healthy Saquon is, and obviously that's important. But if you look at the guys as a group in the running back room, you look at the guy Antonio Williams, who's had a really terrific camp, Gary Brightwell I like, um, the guy Breida. Um, you know, 
I think if the Giants can run the ball, not just with Saquon, but with a variety of guys, it's really going to take a lot of pressure off Danny Jones this year. Absolutely. And it goes right back to what we were saying with the Jets with offensive line. Any quarterback will tell you that if they can establish the run first down, get, you know, rather than having to throw constantly under pressure. And that's exactly what Daniel Jones needs. He needs just a little bit of extra time, a little bit of confidence. You can see when he's rolling and he has the time, he, he's, a, he's an above-average quarterback. A healthy Saquon Barkley is good news for everybody. Um, it, it's even I mean, listen, the defense will tell you if they can run the ball and, and get some drives where it keeps the D off the field for a little while and lets them catch their breath. For Pete's sake, then then everybody's a winner in that case. Uh, but I would I, I I loved Saquon Barkley from from the beginning. I mean, he was a he was a choice that that was a little bit controversial because how are you going to take a running back that early? And you know, people had wanted you know uh, all different all different types of players drafted in that position. Sam Darnold, people were saying at the time. I, I think that we'd take that one back right now if if you ever <laughs> suggested that. Uh, but he you know he was doing so well. Knee injury, you hate to see it happen, but he. He's saying all the right things. He looked fantastic. And, yeah, Daniel Jones, if he can just avoid throwing the ball to Kenny Galladay, then we'll be in good shape. That's the thing, folks. I consider myself a somewhat knowledgeable sports guy. i got a lot to learn. I don't know it all. But I'll tell you, when Mike and I first started this this show, and one of the first times we talked about sports was we talked about Kenny Galladay and how excited I was. And I thought, man, him and Kyle Rudolph, who was coming in as a t- right as a Boy, tight end, blow it on that one, man, a lot. That's why I don't I don't play the lottery and I I barely go to the casino because I am not uh, I am not a prognosticator apparently. Oh boy, I mean there was one play he, I mean absolutely didn't even attempt to block. And you know, I mean. Preseason game number one, Mike. The Giants put together a really good drive. Okay? Went straight down the field. We're on the goal line. First and goal. They go to Galladay and Carl Banks says after the play, um, Galladay ran a lazy pattern. Now that's not me saying that, folks. That is Carl freaking Banks. A two-time Super Bowl winner saying on the first drive, of the first preseason game that Kenny Gall, you know, so Kenny Galladay to me, Mike, is a guy who he has to, um, he got signed to a big contract. It's not all guaranteed, but he has to get out there and, sh- and show he wants to play. Otherwise, these young kids are going to eat his lunch for him and he's going to be off the team at the end of this coming year. And, and doesn't he realize that there's a new coaching staff in here? Yeah. I mean, these are not the guys that signed him. No. Dave Gettleman's not here anymore. <laughs> no, not, not at all. And, you know, Brian Dable is not going to be like, you know, oh, well, Kenny, yeah, we, you know, we owe you a little something. No, not at all. I mean, there's not a lot of depth there, unfortunately. You know, Sterling Shepard has been out and, and hopefully he's, he's back 100% or at least close to that soon. But yeah, Kenny Galladay, I mean, he, he might as well put on a mask and hold up, you know, a, a big bag of cash because he's running out of the bank without having paid for it. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, Frank brought up the depth at offensive line. I agree with him. It's not there. But I think the starters on the line, Mike, um, once everybody's back and healthy, can be good. Obviously, Evan Neal, that guy is just huge. Monster. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to be there. I, I honestly think he's going to be there for a long time. He and Andrew Thomas are going to be at the end of that offensive line at either end for a long time. The guys in the middle, uh, Feliciano, Lemieux, um, Glowinski, Glowinski yep. um, those guys have all been banged up in camp. I think once that unit gets back and healthy, we're going to really see what the Giants can do um, on that opener against um, who they open with, uh, the Titans, right? Yes, exactly. So you're thinking to yourself, like most of us football fans, we got to wait two weeks Right. For, for opening day, right? Two weeks. What are we going to do without football for two weeks? But then, with your point, with guys banged up, you know what? That's a good, two weeks is a good thing. Let's get everybody ready to rock and roll. Now, preseason football, uh, I, I, it drives me bananas to even be talking about it. Like I said before, they play three games, whatever else. But this is when you look at teams and you say, where are the, the majority injuries where guys need this two weeks? The line. Yes. I mean, and, and if the Giants can get that going, thank, thankfully, once again, as I knock wood here, we don't have any, anything happening in the camp. They're going to hit a little bit, you know, going in, but for two weeks, this is basically glorified walkthroughs to get everybody ready to go and built up. So the excitement is building. 
Um, you know, thankfully we don't have to look at a fourth preseason game with guys who are, you know, next week going to be working in Target or perhaps, uh, you know, at the local car wash. God bless them because they, they're on an NFL roster, which is something that I could have never, you know, even hoped to do. But, um, when you talk about going from 80 to 53, man, that those those dudes who were playing at the end of the game today and and last week you're never going to see them again. Yeah, and you know you brought up the injuries Mike this year um giant fans were a little more excited about the day uh that we were going to have a pass rush, right? Yeah. We have got Ojolari on one side and now we were going to have Kayvon Thibodeau. Yeah. So what's the latest on his injury that he got um he got Really, his knees taken out from under him in that game against Cincinnati. Um, I heard it was an ACL, uh, MCL, not an ACL. I don't know the difference. Uh, yeah. We don't want to get into the weeds on this, but what are you hearing? Well, the 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 MCL. Interesting. I just double back for a second um, with Zach Wilson. They they said he had a bone bruise and they shaved down his MCL. Wow. Shave down now. He's what twenty three years old, and they sh- they're shaving down his MCL. So with Kayvon Thibodeau, no shaving of the of the MCL. Thank goodness, just a, you know, pretty bad sprain. But um, you know, you're talking about the number five overall draft pick and someone who can be a difference maker right away. Um, will he, they didn't put him on on IL or, or the, the four game IR, which thank goodness, which would have been you know kind of a scary thing to see maybe where he was at. Um, probably not going to see him opening night. Uh, but he should be back relatively quickly to be able to make an impact from there. But that was that was a scary one. That's one for sure when you're talking about your top pick, uh, you know, with a, with a lot of stuff behind him and a lot of uh, you know, fanfare, but warranted because he's a stud. Um, and you know, getting back to giant football, defensive smash mouth giant football, where they are making you know a statement up front. Uh, losing him was tough, but hopefully we get him back. Um, and, and go on from there. Yeah, Dory Jackson is at one cornerback. Right now they have the guy Aaron Robinson penciled in at the other cornerback. I think I would rather see Darnay Holmes at the other cornerback. I saw enough from him last year that I thought um, he would start over Robinson. Robinson, boy, that one game, Mike, I saw a lot of the back of his jersey. <laughs> I, I, and, I mean, uh, the guy he was supposed to be covering was three or four yards in front of him. So, uh, yeah, that part, um, I'm a little bit worried about the D backfield for the Giants. Yeah, Holmes, they have you know they got him starting right now at the nickel position. Um, I, I agree with you on that. I, I'd rather see him than Robinson in that spot for sure. Um, if if you don't have a pass rush up front and and your 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 cornerbacks and you know are, are weak, then then that is a that that's definitely a recipe for destruction. Um, but hopefully we'll be able to get some kind of pass rush going here where those guys uh, can hold down the fort. Uh, and, you know, and, and so we can get some points up on the board. One more quick one on the Giants before we try to get one more thing in. Okay. We've heard these rumblings for the last few days. Do you want Odell Beckham back on the Giants? Um, capital N, capital O. No, thank you. I would rather see, I'll tell you, they, they have, they got a guy. And, and, and those of you, again, you know, I'm a big hard knocks guy. From a couple of years ago, they got this guy, Keelan Doss. Keelan yes. Doss is world class sprinter. Right? Yes, guy can if he could catch the ball. He, he would be, I'm telling you, I'd rather see Keelan Doss lining up and 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 dropping passes than bring back Mr. Beckham and and have him reestablish his relationship with the kicking net that he that he divorced with a couple of years ago. <laughs> um, I want to get just we got two minutes left, Mike. I want to get um, you know obviously. Durant and the Nets have oh. now kissed and made up. <laughs> um, so what was that? The, was that the, the kumbaya that I that I, I heard? Yes. What was your What was oh. your uh, take on the way that whole thing shook out? Uh, well, again, it's easy for me to sit here and say I never really thought that Kevin Durant was going anywhere. I think he wanted to go somewhere, but I think the Nets they had they held all the chips. They said, you know what? We're going to ask for the moon. We're not going to get anything back remotely close to him and even if we did we'll send him somewhere and they're going to mortgage that other team why would he want to go somewhere and play with an inferior team that the you know based on the, the guys the nets would be getting back so it was a little bit of a, of a of a game of chicken the nets won to me 
the biggest thing is going to be, all right, now how do they coexist with Steve Nash and Sean Marks in there? Do they, who plays the most games, Mike? The trio of LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and, and, uh, my, my, my other guy out there? Or is it, is it the Nets, Ben Simmons, and KD and Kyrie? Who plays, who plays the most? Not going to answer it. Going to leave you oh, with a cliffhanger. cliffhanger. All right. We love and, it. And uh, on that note, folks, we have to wrap. We want to thank our producer engineer, Brian Graves, for a great job again tonight. Mike and I are back in two weeks from tonight at 8 o'clock with Mike Westhoff Part 2. We'll dig into it um, at that time. For everybody here at Sports Start New York, including Mike Adone, this is Mike Trezza saying we will see you in two weeks. Have a good night. The views expressed in the previous program did not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB. This is WGBB AM 1240 and W240DFFM 95.9 Freeport, New York. Hey, who wants gum? I do. Thanks. Don't thank me. Think Native Americans. Native Americans gave me chewing gum? I didn't know that. Yeah. They also gave you parkas and canoes and snow goggles what? and adobes and chaps and electroplating. Really? So many things. Lacrosse, hammocks, baby bottles, Seriously? rubber, the compass, camouflage, aspirin. Aspirin? I didn't know that either. Yep. And kayaks, yams, maple syrup, suspension bridges, umbrellas, vanilla, freeze-drying, harpoons, really? peppers, avocados. More at sacredpeople.org. Mama, come on. Hey, Mama. Listen, if I could talk, I'd tell you I'm almost two and still not responding. That's one sign of a communication disorder. And the 